Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Annie Snyder. As Maine voters head to the polls today, they face an unusual ballot question about the fate of a 145-mile transmission line. The project would carry hydropower from Quebec to the New England power grid, but it would require cutting down a 53-mile tranche of forest in western Maine wilderness. We talk about climate change here in Washington kind of broadly, what's in the Democrats' reconciliation package as it relates to climate. But this is really where these decisions need to be made on the ground in states dealing with real people's property. Today, my colleague Jordan Woolman on the transmission line that sparked the most expensive ballot campaign in Maine's history and how it could foreshadow fights to come if President Joe Biden follows through on plans to build out a series of big new transmission lines to support his climate goals. It's Tuesday, November 2nd. So we're talking about the New England Clean Energy Connect, NECEC, which is a 145-mile transmission line that would bring hydro-powered electricity from massive reservoirs in Quebec, Canada, across the border into Maine to serve the New England region. And Maine voters will be able to vote on this project to either shut it down or allow it to continue today, Election Day, November 2nd. Hmm. So what is it that makes it so controversial? In order to build this transmission line into Maine, you have a 54-foot wide corridor that would need to be cut through 53 miles long of forest in Maine. And so this is one proposal that would reduce emissions according to the Maine Public Utilities Commission and the Department of Energy, although that is disputed by some environmental groups as to whether it would actually reduce emissions. But if it would reduce emissions, because in theory you're, you could be replacing fossil fuel-powered electricity with this hydropower electricity, but in doing so, you're impacting the environment. You're taking out 53 miles of forest. It's the largest continuous temperate forest in North America, these Maine woods, and you could be impacting habitat for wildlife. And so th- that's just one of the concerns with this project. And the debate over this project has made for some strange bedfellows, no? So you you walked us through the potential environmental harms associated with it. But in in this instance, at least, it sounds like environmental groups are aligned with natural gas companies. Is that right? It's really interesting, the alliances that have formed over this project. Politically speaking, you have Janet Mills, the Democratic governor, is on the same page as Paula Page, the former Republican governor of Maine, who is challenging Mills in 2022. So they agree, the Biden administration is on board with them, that they support the project and are against the referendum. But on the other side, you have environmental groups like the Sierra Club of Maine and the Natural Resources Council of Maine, as well as indigenous groups allying with energy companies who oppose the project for very different reasons, though. That's important. These energy companies who are based out of state, but they do have natural gas plants in Maine, they would likely stand to lose money from this project going through, which you know intuitively makes sense. You're boosting a supply of hydropower into the grid, then their natural gas-powered electricity is likely less needed. On the other side, the environmental groups are against the project because the potential harm this could do to forests, to wildlife, to ecotourism, which is big in Maine. And then even concerns over, because this is Canadian hydropower, is this going to potentially harm domestic renewable innovation and development in Maine. So different reasons, but a really interesting alliance there with the energy companies and the environmental groups both opposing the project. 
Hmm. So building out big regional transmission lines is something that the Biden administration is prioritizing in order to be able to support its clean energy and climate resilience goals. So is this fight that we're seeing here in Maine emblematic of what we might expect on these issues going forward? Absolutely. These interregional connections, a lot of energy economists and analysts say, are key to cutting emissions and cleaning up our energy grid. And this is one proposal to do that. New York is already exploring such a transmission line to bring hydropower from Canada into New York and New York City. And not only are they proposing to bring hydropower into their grid, they're proposing to do it from Hydro-Quebec, the very company that is currently working on the transmission line in Maine. So this is already setting up to be, like you said, emblematic of this effort to clean up the grid and to reduce emissions. You know, it raises questions about are these transmission lines going about the least environmentally impactful route? How do we feel about bringing in energy from Canada? And this is really where the rubber meets the road. We talk about climate change here in Washington kind of broadly, what's in the Democrats' reconciliation package as it relates to climate. But this is really where these decisions need to be made on the ground in states, dealing with real people's property, dealing with real people's forests that they like to hike through. And so exactly as you said, this is really emblematic of what we may see more of going forward. So this is all super complicated, nuanced stuff here. It seems like kind of a tricky issue to put before voters as a ballot initiative. How did that happen? And what's your read on where voters stand? Well, I spoke to one state senator in Maine who simply says that this should never have been on the ballot, that this is, like you said, too complicated for a one-sentence question to be voted on. The New England Clean Energy Connect itself feels like in in an interview with the president and CEO of the group that this question kind of undoes and displaces trust in the agency officials who go about regulating such projects. So, you know, this project did receive its permits and its licenses. That took time. That took years to, to achieve from various entities within Maine and also at the federal level, since this is technically an international project. And so, you know, by kind of undoing that, it raises the question of, are Maine voters actually overruling the experts on this issue? You know, these people are in positions of power for a reason. So it raises that question as well in terms of, should this be on the ballot? You're now putting a complicated energy energy grid question that involves crossing an international boundary into the hands of just a few hundred thousand voters, because there's only 1.3 million people in Maine, and that's not even the voter-eligible age population. So you can expect that only a few hundred thousand people will be able to overrule, potentially, energy regulators and experts and the Federal Department of Energy. Also, on Monday, Senator Joe Manchin refused to endorse the $1.75 trillion social spending framework put out by the White House last week. The West Virginia Democrat also blasted House Democrats' strategy of holding up a vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill that he helped write. Manchin's statement amounts to a major gut check for Biden and his party's fragile majorities. Democrats need Manchin's vote to pass the rest of Biden's climate and social spending agenda, but Manchin made clear they couldn't automatically count on his vote. Many House Democrats began the week projecting that they could vote on both the infrastructure and the reconciliation measures within days. But that timeline could slip past this week after Manchin's comments, which also appeared to embolden House moderates. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. 
I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lowercarbon.